when Jonathan entered my class, he was so quiet. He was extremely quiet and extremely shy. And I remember there was a real awakening in my brain that, oh, wait, this is another type of child I need to figure out how I can work with and how I can engage and educate. I hear that I was always seen as a quiet kid. I've always haven't been a very outgoing person when he goes to meeting people or interacting with people. Uh, I think that's always been a part of my uh, personality trait. This is What My Students Taught Me, the podcast that dives deep into the teacher-student relationship. I'm Aditi Malhotra. Kathleen Whelan met Jonathan Johnson five years into her work as a public school teacher in New Orleans. She'd moved there from Buffalo, New York in the late 1970s. As a young white teacher entering historically black schools, there were definitely some cultural and language gaps. Kathleen saw her foremost challenge during those first few years as getting classroom management right. She remembers the chaos pretty vividly, particularly one time when the principal arrived in her class to find the kids on a rampage and popcorn strewn all over the floor. This is so embarrassing, but this happens. I had lost such control of my class at that point that I literally had this small group of children sitting in a semicircle around the board while I was teaching to the small group of children who would sit there. And the rest of the class was literally buck wild. A few years in, Kathleen, known then as Mrs. Dyster, switched schools and felt more confident of classroom management. She was less overwhelmed by her loud, rowdy students. In fact, in her new school, Jonathan stood out because he wasn't loud and rowdy. The quiet kindergartner just wouldn't talk. He was a petite, sweet-faced five-year-old. But for Kathleen, his silence was distressing, and trying to draw him out would help her realize that there was much more to teaching than classroom management. At first, Kathleen could only tell whether Jonathan was absorbing information by looking at his eyes. He was small. He was just cute. He had good eyes. I mean, he had eyes that... It was helpful because you could sort of gauge whether he was engaged by his eyes. He didn't... It wasn't like he was looking down all the time, but he was adorable. Little, what I remember. Kathleen was almost his opposite. Larger than life loud, a character who even 35 years later stands out in Jonathan's memory. By far the most unique teacher I had in elementary grade school. From a person, even the look, I mean, the, the, the long ponytail, and that's what I remember most is, is that ponytail. I think she kept it most times. I don't know if I ever saw her in any other way. Unlike many New Orleans teachers who were strict disciplinarians and prized quiet behavior, Kathleen wanted her students to be active and engaged. So I taught next door to teachers who were really traditional rows. You know, my kids were sitting in tables. You know, I had hay in my room because I always had animals and we'd have roly-polies all over the place. And next to a really traditional classroom, it, and it worked. But Kathleen noticed from day one that Jonathan had a very different style. He wasn't really the effusive, chatty type. I just think it was really almost from the first day when we would start doing introductions and start telling about ourselves and that sort of thing. And I realized that 
it was going to be a challenge to pull out information from him. I was a pretty shy kid. It's who I was, and I haven't um, thought about it, analyzed it uh, much. As mundane as it sounds, it was a kind of an aha moment for Kathleen. She realized that there were other quiet students she had probably ignored. I suspect they were probably just overlooked, which then made me feel a little uh, chagrined that I probably had been ignoring those quiet children or not giving them what they need because I was so busy trying to get my teaching feet underneath me. And he was the first child that made me recognize that there are other types of children other than those children who made the job seem so difficult. It was really, it wasn't so much Jonathan as it was the realization for me that, wow, I don't just have to find ways to engage those loud, disruptive children. I also need to find ways to engage those quiet, thoughtful children. Kathleen was determined to help draw Jonathan out. In doing so, she found herself constantly treading a delicate line. She wanted to get him to talk without doing something so overwhelming that it caused him to retreat. She knew that kindergarten was a crucial year, and the more confident Jonathan left her classroom, the easier the rest of school would be. If I couldn't engage Jonathan, if we couldn't create some sort of relationship in some sort of way, then he would leave without the skills he needed to go to first grade. Jonathan was so quiet, partly because he hadn't really spent much time with other people, particularly other kids. Both of his brothers are much older, and he didn't go to daycare or preschool. His early years centered on a lone, but a lovely relationship he shared with his mom. So yeah, it was a big ch- change for me. Because, uh, just I spent five years at home, it was me and my mom. We, we hung out, we did things together. We, went shopping, we hung out with friends, we saw movies, and it was a great time and just to spend um, almost five years just you and your mom. Um, and she didn't work, it was just me and her. I was at home making models and surprisingly um, making models, architecture models. Jonathan was pretty content, but Kathleen was totally stressed, worried about his silence. She tried all kinds of different strategies to draw him out. Up to that point, as I started to figure out how to do classroom management, my proximity tactics were always to go stand next to the child who I was potentially going to be disruptive, go stand next to the child who potentially was going to be loud. And I realized I probably needed to make a point to stand closer to Jonathan or sit closer to Jonathan just to make sure he was with us and engaged and paying attention and, and enjoying what he was doing because it was kindergarten after all. I was more of a listener back then, and I guess there were plenty of other people who were talkative enough to, to make up the, for my shyness back then. One of the strategies I do remember was trying to pair him with other students, pair him with students who possibly wouldn't overshadow him but would help him um, come out, help him talk a little bit more. I was very comfortable with myself and being by myself, so if I didn't need to be with someone, I was fine with that. Whatever she was doing, I didn't realize it. But the most effective strategy really didn't involve engaging him in the classroom at all. I honestly think the most reassuring and supportive and helpful thing was that I was able to build a relationship with his parents. 
his parents were extremely supportive and encouraging. And, and I think that was just really, really helpful. Kathleen decided to broach Jonathan's shyness with his parents early on in the year during a parent-teacher conference. Through her conversations with them, she learned he was doing okay. He talked comfortably about the classroom and loved the animals that Kathleen kept there. Then when I really was able to, to establish a relationship with them, it was nice to know that they took me seriously and that they were okay with what was going on. While Kathleen was doing all this fretting, Jonathan was pretty oblivious to it all. It was kindergarten after all, and he was pretty happy with how things were going. For Jonathan, that kindergarten classroom was a portal to a big new world outside his home. And that's where he remembers seeing Mrs. Dyster the most. One thing I do remember most about Mrs. Dyster is, is she was someone that was not also part of the school life, but it was someone we, that me and my family would always bump into socially around town. Jonathan, who's now 40, can't definitely say whether Kathleen helped draw him out in any meaningful and lasting way. But he remembers her much more vividly than any other teacher from elementary school. To him, that's a sign that she made some kind of a significant difference for him. It's kind of the nature of being a kindergarten teacher. You can have a huge impact even on students who remember you most for your ponytail. I don't know who my third grade teacher was or my fourth grade teacher was. I kind of have to, someone has to tell me who it was. But when Jonathan's father told him recently that Mrs. Dyster had been in touch. I knew exactly who he, who, he, who he was talking about, who she was at the time, 35 years later. Definitely made an impression on me, whatever she did. <laughs> For Kathleen, the year underscored the value of going out into the communities where her students lived. It's about the value of the relationship you establish with the children in your classroom and the relationship you establish with the families of the children who are in your classroom and the staff in the school. But establishing those relationships with the kids and the families is critical and I, you have to figure out and pay attention to all the kids in your classroom. Kathleen continues to live in New Orleans. She transitioned from classroom teaching into social work about two decades ago and now works at an initiative that studies the use of trauma-informed approaches in schools. As for Jonathan, remember the architecture models he built as a toddler? He now makes those for real. He's an architect in DC where he lives with his son and his wife Melissa, who he jokes he would have never met if he hadn't broken out of his shyness, at least a bit. Over the years, he says he has come to realize the importance of being around people and building relationships. That realization, he says, has come much more quickly to his eight-year-old son, Yadier, who's not nearly as shy. What My Students Taught Me was created by The Teacher Project, an education reporting fellowship at Columbia Journalism School. It is produced by Mallory Falk. Thanks to Sarah Carr and to Aliyah Wong and Matt Thompson at The Atlantic for their editorial support. And a special thanks to Kathleen and Jonathan for sharing their stories.